You are listening to the PhD Pod, the podcast from UCAPS, the PhD Association of the University of Copenhagen. We bring the people behind the science to the foreground. Hello and welcome everybody to this week's PhD Pod episode. My name is Johanna and with me in the studio here in Copenhagen is Sebastian. Hello. And our guest for today, Christopher. Hi. To get us started, uh, Christopher, in one minute, what is it that you're doing your PhD on? My name is Christopher Rosted. I work at the laboratory for artistic research at the Royal Danish Academy of Fine Arts. I'm a visual artist with a background as a musician. The research I conduct aims to generate new knowledge, insights and works of art in the intersectional field of art, academia and journalism. I engage both artistically and academically with podcasts, audio papers, DJing, sound and art radio as cultural practices that provide a starting point for this research. Theoretically, my research area bridges fields like voice studies, queer theory and artistic research. Activities such as participating in exhibitions, performing and giving artist talks are considered part of the PhD project on equal terms with, for instance, publishing a peer-reviewed article or attending a conference within academia. I'm furthermore signed as a recording artist with a small record label based in Copenhagen. I write pop songs with auto-theoretical lyrics, blurring the dichotomous boundary between the authentic and the generic. In working with pop songs, I have a chance to combine my interest in sound technology, choreography, poetic text, music videos, costumes, and scenography. For this conversation, I'm looking forward to sharing my research process with you and to learning from your perspectives. I hope for a curious and open-ended dynamic that will be fruitful both for us and the listeners. I guarantee you this. <laughs> so maybe to start us off, uh, Sebastian and I, we are both quite new to this world of podcasting. So we actually thought, whom better to invite than uh, someone who is doing his PhD on podcasting? So how did you get started uh, with this topic or how did you become interested in podcasts? During my uh, studies at the Art Academy to become a Master of Fine Arts, I gradually began working more and more with sound in various ways. Uh, Uh, sound art is perhaps a little bit um, the the term is perhaps not uh, very precise there many artists have a little bit uh, an issue with the notion of sound art but at least uh, perhaps um, sound-based art or something that is a little bit hard to find the, the right uh, word for that but at least I became more and more interested in working with uh, sound in relation to art during my studies. So you started becoming interested more in sound art and then how did the transition to podcasts happen? Or do you see podcasts as sound art as well? Yeah, what uh, what happened was that while I was doing artworks with sound as a material, I also, in this period, uh, over a couple of years, I began making works for radio, uh, more like parasitical, that I would send a sound file to a, a radio station. It's, since it's become so web-based now, it's, it's work artworks for 
typically small independent radio stations in many places like uh, Berlin and Hong Kong. And When you say art pieces and sound parts, are we talking about jingles or noises? What kind of artworks were those? It's uh, to take one example, uh, I sent a, a recording of uh, where I was singing in a microphone and then working collaboratively with a composer who was uh, manipulating the sound so that the voice controlled some synthesizers that would uh, so that I could sort of uh, control the synthesizer music with my voice. Can you explain what a synthesizer is? If you make a, for instance, if you record the voice in a microphone, it it's becomes an electric signal that you can then play back uh, as it is. But you can also change that. You can do a lot of things to it. You can add a filter. You can uh, put some fake or some digital uh, reverb, like uh, acoustic. You can change the acoustic of that sound file. You can modify the sound file. And the synthesizer is uh, a, 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 it's some technological equipment that changes uh, the the sound signal, and this um, this resulted in a so sound file that was half an hour long, and I sent that to a radio station in Berlin, and they um, uh, played it on one of their radio shows. So and so that in that way I. I've been making works for radio for a long time, but not as such uh, been involved with uh, making radio or perhaps even making radio art, which is uh, also a, a question where does uh, sound art begin and where does radio art start? Um, mm -hmm. Can you explain where does podcast come from and the word podcast and the idea of a podcast? Yeah, the the word podcast. If you look it up, I have to remember it's um, it comes from derives from an iPod and a broadcast. It's this uh, how can you say it's a word that is combined of those two words. Um, so it's also in a sense a very uh, type uh, time specific. Uh, like the iPod is. By now, it's uh, fully old technology. It seems really a little obsolete. bit dated, uh, <laughs> or it's at least a little bit retro. Uh, but uh, the word podcast is still seems to have some relevance. Um, the first one was sent as an RSS feed uh, in 2001. I think it was across the Atlantic. They sent uh, a, a file that would take um, uh, the entire night. That they would start the. Uh, transferring it at in the evening and then the next morning you could uh, the listener could then say oh it's now it's ready to <laughs> I can listen to my podcast what a shift we're having right and today we have thousands of podcasts available from all over the world in wherever we are listening to podcasts right there yeah. I just want to ask you have you identified personally or as a researcher already what's the purpose of a podcast I quickly thought about this one and I came about like information, like when you go to classic radio journalism, entertainment, maybe distraction. Are these three good ideas or did you find complete different purposes? Why do people listen to podcasts? Uh, I think uh, podcasting in general has changed uh, the way uh, auditive culture has uh, 
it has done something has happened with podcasting that is significantly different than now that that in terms of uh, everyone with access to technology conceives uh, auditive reality in a sense I think podcast as a phenomenon has uh, changed like any technology like uh, photography changed the way uh, we see things and uh, video um, it in the same way podcasting has become such a mass media in a sense and that is auditive rather than a visual uh, which is a very um, uh, significant difference uh, to what went before there was also during covid if i'm not mistaken basically the numbers for new podcasts and also the numbers of people listening to podcasts skyrocketed and right now it's a bit on a decline uh, again but would you say that it needs more podcasts or, or that there should be more podcasts out there or have you already hit peak podcast I think podcast is uh, here to stay uh, and I think it's a good thing that uh, it is a very a little bit cliche you would say that it's a very democratic media that you can make a podcast if you have access to a, a smartphone um, I think of course there are a lot of power relations in exactly with the when it becomes more integrated in uh, state-funded radio beginning to make a podcast there is of course uh, a difference between also in terms of how many listeners the podcasts have it it establishes a sort of uh, hierarchical structure in a perhaps a bit problematic and not totally democratic uh, way um, but i think podcasting has a great potential to um, yeah it can it be a podcast can basically be on anything i like that open can be anything yeah if you're researching podcasts how does that then look like because i mean i'm doing my phd in uh, social data science so i spend most of my day like programming and i know other people they spend most of their day in the lab uh, analyzing samples but how does like a day in the life of a phd that researches podcasts look like my experience is that uh, engagements come in clusters Typically, I have one uh, one month. I um, I have a lot of uh, spare time to read and write, and uh, and then all of a sudden there is. Uh, I need to do uh, an exhibition or a per perform and prepare performance, or uh, I need to spend a lot of time uh, doing the running my artistic practice. And then that comes in and is a little bit um, a disturbance in types of um, keeping the reading process and writing process going. Um, but I think that's also uh, what defines artistic research is that the research is then done in um, through this process of, uh, of making art. So how was, for example, your last week? On Thursday and Friday, in yeah, the week before last week, I went to a conference at uh, Louisiana, the museum that was called the Poetic and Political and the Poetic of Exhibitions, and it was a conference, two-day conference on curating with uh, a lot of uh, keynotes, and it was uh, a PhD who was at Louisiana who had organized the conference, and I was there for two days and. 
just uh, taking in a lot of um, th- thoughts and uh, observations from the 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 speakers and the panels and it was um an academic format so you spent uh, two days at this conference and what happened afterwards or before that wednesday uh, i went uh, around with the posters in the tower in around the town um, hanging up uh, posters for a performance on thursday um, a performance that you do Yes, um, yeah, uh, the, this um, release of the songs uh, on Thursday. Unfortunately, probably by the time this podcast came out, the performance already was, but can you say what did you release on that day? Oh, yeah, yeah it was in the past already. Thursday, I w- went to uh, drive the sound equipment around for this performance in the evening. Thursday was from eight in the morning to one at night with three hours uh, with my baby in mi- midday. Uh, and then Friday we had to go to Melmy again because she was teaching <laughs> again. So that was last week, and it doesn't leave a lot of space for reading or writing. But well, hopefully, it seems at least like it's uh, never two, no two days are the same in your PhD life, and uh, also seems quite challenging to uh, balance everything with having a family and uh, yeah, coordinating uh, your PhD life with your other responsibilities. But seems like you're managing well, at least. So thanks for sharing those insights with us. At least now I have a bit of a clearer picture what it uh, means from day to day to do your PhD about podcasting. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, let's move on to some more uh, insights about arts and science, I guess. Yes, because we also wanted to discuss a little bit how art and science go together. Because you are right on the boundary or you are on both sides. I don't know how you would phrase this. And I have to admit that I used to be one of these people who said like, well, true science is measuring data and deduct conclusions and art is nice things and feelings. I can already see you smiling. Why was I wrong? And where do you see that science and art need each other? Yeah, I think art, uh, I, I, I experience a lot of um, uh, mistrust, both from scientists uh, and uh, artists. So I'm somewhere in the middle where, <laughs> I, like I get from both sides, you are too, uh, you are working too scientific, uh, in, a t- in too much like a scientist and like you are working too much like an artist. Um, how does a scientist work and how does an artist work? I think uh, one thing uh, I think is changing in general with science is that it is uh, the idea that science is objective. is uh, It's been questioned a lot, I think. Uh, that is uh, perhaps not... Uh, uh, an understanding everybody would uh, share with me, but I think that is um, also what uh, makes artistic research relevant. That it's it's sort of it is part of this uh, uh, shift in how we conceive of science and the relevance of science in society. That uh, the realization that uh, it's not um, the the ideal to to make uh, to produce knowledge that is uh, objective or um, that is uh, sort of abstracted from your socio-economical position is uh, inc- it's it's a, 
a, a way of understanding science that is not very that doesn't have very much to do with um, uh, what is uh, maybe meaningful to uh, do today. Uh. So when the old way of looking at science is that science produces objective knowledge, then what is the role of art? Uh, I, th I think uh, in the let's call it the old uh, way of thinking about science and art is that uh, science is uh, uh, hierarchically uh, ranges over art, over art. Art is uh, in a uh, European from a European uh, philosophical outset. Uh, it was uh, ranged at uh, along with. Um, a lot of handicrafts, uh, like art was, uh, the artist we think of it today is, cons uh, it's from the Renaissance and then up to uh, Enlightenment. And it's just, um, I it's not a very, uh, in that sense, uh, it's in that sense, it's, it's a little bit a new th thing to think of art as something that is, um, that, that is, uh, that is not just about making uh, s uh, something very uh, a good handicraft uh, aesthetic um, object. But there are also historical examples of art, right? Because you said that it's a new way of seeing these differently, right? Because I, for example, while preparing, I thought immediately about Da Vinci, Renaissance, you just mentioned this one. He was both, right? He's today recognized as one of the first scientists and one of the greatest artists. So when did it start to separate then? I, I suppose it is some has got something to do with the industrialization of uh, society. Um, and uh, some would argue that it has also consequently led to uh, uh, that it is uh, th that society has been uh, structured in a more and more uh, capitalistic way, and uh, a neoliberal uh, agenda has sort of uh, won on a global global scale. But you mentioned that industrialization fostered this separation of the two types and today we're talking about digitalization you are working exclusively with digital art i think we can say and now it's coming together again how do you explain then this movement yeah i think that's the point um to move to exactly move categories that have been separated by this process of yeah, of, of separating art from science. I think science has also, in the industrial revolution, been become more and more um, about quantification, or um, and and to return to conceptions of art that is, uh, it can also be uh, handicraft. I a lot of the artists friends I have make uh, like uh, they don't distinguish between making uh, an object for a gallery or making as a household item. So what are common principles that both areas share? Scientists uh, think in very messy and unstructured ways, and so do artists. And I think... Uh, How do both people sort their thoughts? 
That is a very uh, good question. I think it's so different from uh, uh, scientist to scientist or artist to artist. How do we establish this bridge? So from what you're saying, it seems like there's a lot of commonalities between science and art, but at the same time that it's quite a hard place to be in this interdisciplinary spot between science and art, which is not often appreciated because you just get a lot of criticism from both sides. But how can we make science more approachable for artists and the other way around? I think that's where it's headed. I think that's what we are looking into is a much more interdisciplinary and a much more collaboratively and uh, overlapping uh, scenario. So when you're making sound art or music, Do you then produce art pieces or do you produce some scientific pieces? Then I looked up some of your performances and um, I'm not a very artsy person. And to me, they, ex they appear quite experimental. So did you try to trigger different things with these different sound arts or are they entirely different uh, points of making them? And how would you classify your music? In terms of experimental sound art, I've been thinking a lot about genre-free as a, a place to go where you can move in and out of genres and uh, also in between genres and make something that is uh, not classified within a specific genre. But uh, as I mentioned in my introduction, I, I think those songs are pop songs. Again, artistic knowledge production happening in the process with make writing songs, recording them, releasing them, performing them. I there are some things in my PhD that I cannot uh, find out uh, in other ways than doing. And how can we bring these two groups of people closer together? Because I think often when you ask a classical scientist, a purist, he would say like, well, art is just like decoration. And the artist will say, well, science is boring. How do we bring these two together to talk with each other? What can you, as a final conclusion, tell to both sides what to do invite uh, each other to uh, conferences or attend conferences that is uh, out of your comfort zone or I don't know uh, think of uh, science as uh, decoration and art as boring is there boring art plenty and for you as somebody who's researching in an artistic topic um, how can art at all be evaluated? Is there good and is there bad art? And who defines that? You as a scientist, and as an artistic scientist? I think it's it's not a very interesting discussion, whether it's good or bad, or it's more what it does, what does this art piece do, like a, a scientific uh, uh, article what does it do i think art should be about uh, sharing knowledge if you want or sharing uh, a situation sharing feelings um, ideas um, thoughts um. so maybe as a concluding question what role can art and science play in addressing some of the world's most pressing issues I think we are in a uh, situation of uh, multiple overlapping uh, urgencies and uh, art and science need 
to come together like the rest of society in facing these challenges. Um, so in that sense, I think um, it, it's it's just very important not to uh, to get divided in um, in addressing or trying to find solutions. We need uh, basically everything uh, we can get in terms of uh, perspectives and um so let's close on this one let's join forces to move on thank you for the discussion now we still have the lightning round to go right oh yeah i'm looking forward to the lightning round here <laughs> yes. sarcastically or really no really yes. no <laughs> yes something everybody should know about your topic podcast uh, has a huge potential of um facilitating change. What advice would you give to yourself at the beginning of your PhD? Don't uh, take uh, too many f uh, tasks on your plate. What do you do to be productive? I try to run every other day and uh, I uh, am taking a break from uh, drinking alcohol. On the day I defend my PhD, I will... Wear a colorful shirt. Worst job you ever had? I worked as a singing wait waiter at a restaurant beneath the musical theater. What is your dream job? This is my dream job. The singing waiter or the PhD? The PhD. Your exit plan if your career doesn't work out? I'm going to uh, make some podcasts or I hope to live as an artist. Uh, I don't know. I don't have a plan B. Uh, One thing you're proud of? Uh, I'm proud of uh, being queer. One thing that went catastrophically wrong? I went uh, down with stress at one point, and uh, that was not a very nice uh, A book you would recommend everyone to read? Elena Ferrante, the Elena Ferrante books. All of hers. How many are there? <laughs> well, it's, a, it's four books. I'm sorry. It's, it's a book I recommend. Um, uh, Federico Garcia Lorca, um, A Season in Granada. Beautiful. Thank you. I just need to hook in. You were a singing waiter? How did you end up as a singing waiter? I went to the audition uh, to get a job. So you choose to be a singing waiter. Beautiful career choice. Also when it was the worst job you ever had. What kind of songs do they make you sing there? <laughs> it's horrible. It's like uh, evergreens, um, the summertime. Then we sing like three, three, like in harmony. Um, it, and then what are the songs? Some Danish old uh, th uh, revue theater songs. Uh. And unfortunately, no records of this in the internet. No, it's not documented. But lucky you that you managed to move on to your dream job right now. <laughs> yes, yes, I feel fortunate in, in that regard. Christopher, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us here today. Uh, there were some really creative and interesting talks we had here. Um, you are a musician, you are an artist. Do you want to let our listeners know where can they find you? You're an artist and you are available on the internet. So where can our listeners find any further information about you? My webpage is uh, very dusty, but I'm I'm Spotify. If you just uh, uh, look up my name, there you can hear both uh, some songs. 
And of course, we will include links on our webpage. So just go to ucaps.deco and you will find the links to Christopher's pages. So, Johanna, what did you get out of today? Well, I definitely learned that there's quite a lot of similarities between arts and science and that I think we as scientists have a lot to learn also from artists and that we could actually benefit from collaborating more or talking more to, let's say, the other side in that sense. And that, yeah, probably we should just try and uh, increase the efforts to create spaces where actually artists and scientists can meet because it needs everyone to address uh, the current global challenges. Um, what about you? Do you have any, any final conclusions from today's uh, session? A lot about the art and science discussion and that it's quite complicated to do an artistic PhD, I want to say, because there are a lot of different things you go to and it's not as concrete as a scientific, like a nature science PhD. I think you have much more choice of what you can research in which regard. Would you agree on that? Yeah, it's it's quite complicated. Also, in a Danish uh, context, uh, the way it's anchored is just very. It's a it's very it's a very it's a big mess. Um, it's funded by the Nordic Foundation, but uh, I'm technically employed by the Royal Danish Academy of Fine Arts. And they are part of Copenhagen University. No, but they don't have the at this point. Artistic knowledge is not recognized, or artistic research is not recognized. That type of knowledge production is not. There is some government uh, had a meeting where they decided in 2011 that uh, that that is not uh, the architect school. That's okay. They can they can give the degree, the PhD degree themselves, but the art academy I, I, they need to go through the university. So that means I have uh, I'm employed at the art academy, art academy, inscribed at university, and funded by the Novo Nordic Foundation. So to make it short, also your working conditions are queer. They are they are weird and uh, they they're hard to. Uh, But maybe at least they incentivize some collaboration between scientists and artists as well. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's true. In some sense. Yeah. Like all the other PhD from the Novo Nordisk Foundation, they are they like a lot of insulin. Uh, so in that sense, it's, it's 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 yeah, it is. It in that sense, it is the the funding is uh, natural science mainly, and then they have a small uh, amount of money. It's a lot of money, but um, they have. I think they allocate like five. PhD and postdocs a year for artistic research. Christopher, in your arts, in your sciences, in your research, in your personal life, best of luck, best of success with all of these things. And thank you for taking the time to talk to us. It was great to thank have you, so you today. It was, uh, I'm also very, very happy uh, for talking with you and thanks for inviting me. Thank yeah. you. Bye-bye. This was PhD Pod, the UCAPS podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or would like to be our next guest, write to us on UCAPS at KUDK. And please like, follow, and subscribe to our channels. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. The PhD Pod is supported by the University of Copenhagen. Your hosts today were Johanna Einsiedler and Sebastian Sastrushny. Production is by Penelle Jensen and Jennifer Musser. Editing, Simon Owens.